All right, all right, guys. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Awesome. So I'm glad that that didn't say. Please welcome up Pastor Rich to the stage. So I always have to let you guys know that I'm not Pastor Rich. Um, hey, listen, we've been in a, uh, started a new series last week called Unwavering. And the, the whole thought behind Unwavering is, is, is we're talking about the story of Abraham and how uh, God gave him a promise and his faith was so strong and so set in believing what God said that he didn't waver on what he thought about God. And so that's what we're going to talk about uh, today. Last week, I, I believe that Pastor Rich talked about unwavering confidence. And this week, we're going to talk about unwavering promise. We're going to talk about the promise that God gave Abraham and even maybe some of the promise that God gave us that some of us are still waiting on. That maybe we're thinking to ourselves like, God, are you, are, are you sure that you gave me this promise? Are, are you sure you're going to answer this promise? Like, I've been waiting a long time and nothing has came yet. But we're going to talk a little bit about that and see exactly what the Bible says, uh, how, how our faith should be unwavering, how it shouldn't be shaken, and how we should believe God, regardless if we see the promise today, if we see it tomorrow, or if we see it 25 years from now. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. But before we do that, I want to actually do something I almost forgot. Um, we know that last, was it last week, week before, um, Florida actually... Um, it incurred a lot of damage with um, Hurricane Michael. And so our Every Nation family is, is, has gotten together and is getting together. We've actually had some. Matter of fact, one of our members here, um, uh, his, his son was actually directly affected by that. And so they're, they're without water still now. And so as an every nation movement, as a, as a family, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get together and as a movement to go and bless some of those people. I don't know if you guys remember Pastor Adam Mabry, who was here a couple weeks ago. Um, his hometown's actually in Florida was, was completely destroyed. And he was there all last week. Uh, uh, they sowed into that community and, and, and doing whatever they can to make sure that we're helping out the people. Um, it, it's not just Abilene that we have to worry about. Uh, we're under every nation. It's everybody that we have to worry about. And so what we want to do is as generous as God places in your heart, I'm not going to tell you or give you an amount to give because that's, that's between you and the Lord. We want to do our best to try to make sure that we are trying to send and take care of those people the best that we can. This is not just us. This is every nationwide. We're all doing this. And so collectively, we're going to send this money in and collectively we're going to send it to one remote location, uh, some of our churches in Florida, and they're going to be able to help out that community. Amen. And so as the buckets are being passed, I just want you to just place into those buckets whatever God has in places on your heart, uh, if anything. And so uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray and then the buckets are going to pass. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you that we are able and that we get to... Lord God, just um, walk with you in your kingdom, doing your kingdom's work. And so I pray that with this offering, God, that uh, um, I know it's above a tithe. I, I know that. Uh, but I, I believe that you're going to bless it. You're going to bless the people, Lord God. And so the people need us. And so I ask that you would bless this now, that we could send it out and send whatever relief that they need now. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. So family, as the buckets are being passed by, just go ahead and Put your offering in there. You can also go to our, um, our app, PushPay, and actually, if you would just go under missions and actually submit under that, under that as well. 
And so as they're going, so, so the definition of wavering means to be without confusion or doubt, fixed and steady at all times. We may not use the word regularly, yet when applied to our relationship with God, it means solid. It is solid faith and hope in God that cannot be weakened, unwavering promise, unwavering promise. And so let us go straight to the scripture, Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 through 15. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13 through 15, it says this, it says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus, Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. Now, let's cross-reference that with Genesis 22. Genesis 22, chapter 15, uh, I'm sorry, Genesis 22, verses 15 through 18, that says this. And the angel of the Lord called Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. And I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nation of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Man, guys, listen, I'm, I'm excited about this message today because I believe that it's going to build some of our faith. Maybe where we were wavering in, in, in some places, or we're, it, it's going to show us through the story of Abraham how our faith should be built. And so for, for, for many of us, many of us actually have a promise or, or, or God has given us something. And so in our mind, we are saying, uh, God, you gave me this promise the promise hasn't came yet. However, I believe your word to be true, and I'm still waiting. You guys ever been there before? Are you guys there now? Are you guys at a place now to where God, look, you told me this about 20 years ago. You told me this last year, and nothing has happened yet. But, but I love what 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 tells us. It tells us this promise that it says that all of God's promises all the promises of God find their yes in him. It, it doesn't say that, that they find, it, it, it finds its maybe or its what ifs or its ifs, but it says that it finds their yes in him. And so when we're talking about this Hebrews chapter 6 verses 13 through 15, uh, I, I think it would do us some good if we actually went back a couple verses uh, to actually verse 11 and 12 to figure out contextually what those verses 13 through 15 are saying. And so I, I want to read these for you just really quick. I, I read everything else from the ESV, uh, but I actually forgot my Bible in the back. So I had my wife go get me a Bible. So I'm going to read 11 and 12 from the NIV. Okay. Uh, so uh, verse 11 and 12 in chapter 6 says this. It says, We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure, to make your faith and your hope sure. We do not want you to be lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. And so even before we get to actually our, 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 our main verses, verses 13 through 15, and 11 and 12, the writer tells us that in order for you to receive those promises, you have to remain faithful and you have to remain hopeful. This is something that's really hard for a lot of us. 
It's hard whenever we, 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 we believe that God has told us something or, or our husbands and our wives or our friends has told us something and then it doesn't happen on our timetable. And then what we do is we start to really question God's authority and, and, and his validity and his ability to make sure that these promises come true. And so what I want to do is I have two points that I want to try to defend today or maybe even make you aware of. And the first point is this. God's promises are dependable. God's promises are dependable. When you go to Hebrews 6, 13 and 14, which says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely I will bless you, and I will multiply you. Now, this context in Hebrews is actually talking about the... Uh, Hebrew Christians, the Hebraic Christians, were actually losing hope and losing faith in Jesus. And so you have the writer who knew that, and so what he does is he comes to try to motivate them, to try to encourage them, to tell them, hey, I know that things are rough right now. I know that you're being criticized because you are a Christian. Uh, It may not be the popular thing to do, but hold on to your faith. He's telling them to, to, to hold on to your hope. Don't give up and don't throw in the towel Right now, and I can just even imagine that maybe even some of us are are in a position or have been in a position that where we feel like we just want to throw in the towel. It's getting to be a little bit too much for me now. Uh, I'm facing too much criticism, and 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 I'm losing all these friends, and nobody likes me because I love the Lord so much. So maybe I just need to give that up. But he comes. I know that's kind of funny, isn't it? So he he comes, and, and and the writer of Hebrews tells us. Hold on to your faith. Don't give up. If you just persevere through, God is going to answer that prayer for us. And so he he goes so far that that he cross-references Hebrews chapter 6 with Genesis chapter 22. And in this, he actually pulls out two things in these scriptures in Genesis 22. is He pulls out a promise and he pulls out the oath. Pulls out an oath. Now, the promise is God saying that, look, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. Your, 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 your seed, your, your, you're going to be great. Everybody is going to come into existence and into the faith because of you. I'm going to multiply you. That's the promise. But then the oath is when God had the audacity to say, and I swear this by myself. Now, now it brings the question. If, if, if God could have sworn by anything that he created, because everything he created is great. If he could have sworn by anything that he created, why did he swear by himself? And so it makes us question why he did that. And so even many of us here today has either had to deal with broken promises Or maybe we've broken some promises. And in breaking those promises, somebody has been hurt, whether it's us or whether it's those on the receiving end of those promises. Maybe you've had, uh, um, for for the ladies, maybe you've had a a, a guy, a man to tell you that they love you only to leave you to leave you brokenhearted. Maybe, maybe, maybe we have told somebody that we were going to make a phone call and call them to make sure they were good, and they stayed up late to wait for that phone call, but the phone call never came. 
and they were brokenhearted. Maybe, just, just maybe, what I thought that if I go and get this big promotion on this job, that it shows promise for my wife, for my husband, for my friends to like me more, only to find out the opposite. We have all had broken promises. We have all made broken promises. Some of the dreams that we have that God has given us still hasn't come to pass yet. And maybe that has us in the state of, God, I really don't think you're going to do it. God, I really don't think you can do it. I've been waiting three hours since I spoke to you last and nothing has happened. And so what it does is when we have uh, uh, broken those promises and we're on the receiving end of those broken promises, it actually renders negative setbacks not only to those who are on the receiving end, but even to those us who give the promises as well. It renders negative setbacks because you promised me something and you never came and did what you said you would do. And so here we have the writer of Hebrews illustrating for us what it means to receive an unwavering promise, a dependable promise from God by bringing Abraham into the picture. You guys, I remember back in the day when I was going through um, vacation Bible school, we used to sing this song, Father Abraham had many sons. You guys remember that? And many sons had Father Abraham. Yeah, see? Yeah, I, I'm, not the, I'm one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord right off. Yeah, yeah, you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. And so what it is, is, is Abraham is seen to be the father of the faith. We, we, we all seem to be blessed because the blessing, God said that the blessing for all your people is going to come through you. And so we are blessed because of the faith of Father Abraham with our right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot, with our turn around, sit down. We're blessed because of Abraham. And so he brings Abraham into the picture as an illustration to show us that regardless how long it takes for the promise to come through, if we just believe and have faith in God, the promise is going to come. Now, the thing that we have to understand about the promise is that when God gives us the promise, he being the progenitor of the promise, and we're just being the vessels of the promise, we may not live long enough to see the promise actually come through. And we have to be okay with that. But the thing that he did, and I'm getting a little bit further down in my my notes, but that's okay. But the thing that I love what God did is he allowed Abraham to see a seed of the promise. And the promise came later after Abraham had already died. And so with us being so impatient on trying to receive this promise, I'm wanting it now because the generation that we live in now and where we live at now is we want Burger King. We want to have it our way right now. We want this microwave promise that I just go and hit 30 seconds and the bell buzzes and it dings and all of a sudden our promise comes, comes. But how much would that build up our faith if God gave us our promise in 30 seconds? Would we have to worry about our, our faith being strengthened and, and, and us really truly believing in God if he said, I'm going to promise this to you and I'm going to give it to you in 30 seconds? How much truly is that caring about us? Now, I know you say, John, hold on, buddy. Look, I, I, he promised me this and I need this promise now because if I don't get this promise now, I may be homeless. 
If I don't get this promise now, uh, 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 I'm probably going to be divorced and and I'm probably going to choke out one of my kids and and, and I'm not going to have this job anymore. If he doesn't, don't do that. (laughs) If he doesn't give me this promise now, I may not be able to make it. 30 seconds, the ding comes. How has my faith been built up? How, how, How then have I been able to truly believe, trust, and rely and depend on this awesome God who we say will always come through. The thing that I love about God and, and, and sometimes the thing that I hate about God is that it, it's hard for us to wait and sometimes he makes us wait. Because he, even in the waiting sometimes, there, there's something that he's trying to get inside of us, produce inside of us even, even in the waiting. Now, Peter defended this in 2 Peter 3 and 9. He says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any of you, any of us should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Now, now I, I know contextually this is a complete different meaning. It's talking about us receiving Jesus as our Lord and Savior, but even when you go and look, look at that, the very first part of that, it says the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise. He's not slow to fulfill his promise. Whether he does it today or he does it 20 years from now, it's not slow to him. Why? Because God is not on our timetable. As a matter of fact, God is not even in our time. As a matter of fact, God sits outside of time and creates everything from the very beginning to the very end. And so he knows what he's going to do, when he's going to do it, why he's going to do it, how he's going to do it, because he wants to do it. He knows all of that. And so what Peter is saying here, he says, look, God's not slow to fulfill his promises. What if the reason we haven't received our promise yet was because at this time, humanly, we aren't able to handle the pressure of that promise? What, 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 if, what if God was trying to build us up so that we'd be able to believe totally in faith that he's going to do exactly what he said he would do? What if there was something more that he wanted to do inside of us? What if there was something more that he wanted to do through us? And if he gave us this promise now, how would we be strengthened up? Dr. Crawford Lauritz said this. He says, we must remember that when God gives us a promise, he is on the line, not us, not we. It's him. It's not us. So whenever he gives you the promise, it's not your responsibility to make sure that promise comes to fruition. It's his responsibility. Now, I know, look, Pastor John, I know he gave me this promise, but, 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 but I think if I just help him a little bit, then maybe it'll, it'll come through a lot faster. Or, or maybe the promise will come through in a way in which I envision it coming through if I just put my hands in it. You guys, you guys ever try to do that before? You guys ever try to help him out to fulfill a promise? You guys ever, ever had a promise and, 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 and God, look, I know this is what you said. You didn't tell me when. However, I'm going to try to help you out. And so the very minute that I believe that I need to help God out and stuff is the very minute that I believe that God is not truly God and can't do what he said that he would do. It sets me up. And it makes me believe that I'm stronger, more powerful than he is. God, you can't do this without me. You need me. 
if I don't help you out with this, nothing is going to happen. I, I know that you created everything. However, I still believe that I probably have a little bit of say-so, and so I'm going to put my hand in this as well. And so we have to be really careful on trying to help God to fulfill the promise that he gave us. So God wants Abraham to believe in his promise so much that this is what he did. It could only be validated by swearing by himself since there was no, nothing else to swear by that was even higher than him. And you guys know if you've ever had to, had to um, fulfill your duties in court, maybe you had to testify, whether it's on the good side or the bad side, there's one thing that they do that they tell you before you even begin, before they even begin, is they make you come in, you either stand before the bailiff or you stand before the judge, and they say, raise your right hand, and you sit here. And they say, do you solemnly swear or affirm to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God? And most of the time, our response is, is yes. I've never heard of anybody saying, no, I don't. <laughs> and so... We have to do that because we are swearing on something that's higher than us. I swear on God that I'm going to tell the whole truth. Nothing but the truth. So help me, God. God can't do that. And so can you imagine if, if God was ever in the court and he had to testify? And the judge being himself tells himself, self, stand before me. And because he's God, he can be everywhere at all times. Raise your right hand, and God raises his right hand. And the judge can't say anything to him because he's God. And so he says, I swear to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me, me. <laughs> That's what God does because there's nothing higher by him for him to swear by. Now, there's a lot of great things for him to swear by. That he, he, he can swear by the moon or he can swear by the stars or, or by his creation because it's all great. But the thing that I love about God is that he, he, he places more value and, and more finesse and more dependability and more trust in something that's higher than all of that. And that's himself. And so what he's saying is, if I swear by this, I put myself on the hook. If, if, if I don't do this, then I'm a liar. If I don't do this, then you don't believe anything that's in the word of God. And so you guys ever played that game? Maybe with your friends uh, when you were younger. I know I did. Whenever I tell my friends something and, 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 and maybe they don't believe me all the time, and they say, man, put that on something. Put, put that on something. And some of, us, we, some of us might even have said this. My mom said, don't say that. Man, I swear to God. Right. Or, 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 or some of us may say, look, man, I put this on my mom. I put this on my brother. And so what we're saying at that time is we're saying, look, if this turns out to be false, then everything that I said is a lie. That means I put it on God. God's a lie. I put it on my mom. My mom is not truthful. I put it on my friends or, 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 or my family. They're not truthful as well. But God says, look, I swear by myself that Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I put this on me. So he created everything. And he could have sworn by everything. 
but he gave an oath by himself. He, he put his own reputation on the line. He, he put his own deity on, on the line. He, he, put, he put his own godliness on the line saying that if I don't come through for you, then I'm not truly God. And so Abraham had to wait. And he knew that God could be trusted. God pledged his veracity, his reliability, and declares that the promise is as real as his existence is. And so how many of us has ever felt like that we've had a promise from God? Only to question his reliability. And so it, it, it brings us to really look at whenever I question God's reliability, his dependability, his trustworthiness, I'm questioning his very existence. I'm questioning if, if he's really real. I, I'm questioning if everything that he told me is true. I'm questioning, God, did you really make me? And so it, it, it's imperative that if, if, if God gave us a promise that we trust him because God reached as high as he possibly could reach just to inspire this unwavering promise that he's soon to deliver for us. Which brings me to my second point, is that God always delivers on what he promises. God always delivers on what he promises. Verse 15 in Hebrews chapter 6 says, And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. And so after Abraham actually endured a season of waiting patiently, he received the seed, the seed of the promise in Isaac. Now notice I said he, he, he received a, a seed of the promise in Isaac. And so as I said earlier that sometimes... God will give us a promise for the promise to come through our line, but sometimes we won't be here to see the promise fulfilled. But what God did is sometimes whenever we are in that place, we're like, look, God, look, I, man, look, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is really going to happen. I, I've been waiting so long, and uh, look, I, I'm really getting to a place to where I'm getting frustrated. I am getting to a place to where um, not so much I'm questioning you, but, but look, this is really hurting me right now. I don't know what else to do. I'm at odds, there's nothing else that I can do, and then all of a sudden God gives us a seed to build up our faith for the promises to come later. And so God gives Abraham this seed, and so have you ever been in a season of waiting? Are you in a season of waiting now? I know that I am. And at times, I'd love to pray and look up and be like, okay, God, can you just, you know, it don't have to be the whole promise, but can you maybe just a little bit? Because a little bit of the promise is, should be, is, is everything to us. Because at, at times, it, God can't give us the whole promise that he has because we are not strong enough to carry the weight of it. That's why whenever God gives us certain things in our mind, whether through our spiritual gifts, he doesn't give us everything he has because we, we can't handle all of him. That's why sometimes he may give us one word for somebody or one word for our family. 
Because that's, that's as much as our capacity can hold. And so we have to understand, though, is that whenever we're in this, in, 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 in this waiting period, that there's something that actually happens to us. There's something that's happening for us. For one is it makes us stronger because we have to trust him more. But you also have to be careful because in our waiting, there may be something that everybody hates called spiritual attack. Spiritual attack will have you questioning God's existence. Spiritual attack will have you questioning, did God really tell you that? Spiritual attack will will have you questioning, look, I, I don't believe that's true. If it was true, why hasn't it happened yet? We have to be very careful on ensuring that we don't do that. And so, so, so we don't question what God is going to do. If God said it, then that should settle it. If God said it, then that should settle it. So imagine with me for a moment. Imagine with me just like Abraham that, that I'm chilling in my area, in my, my community where I'm settled, where I'm established. All of a sudden you have this celestial being, this God comes and talks to you and says, look, I need you to leave this place. Take all your family. Look, matter, I'm not even going to tell you where you're going. You just get up and you just go. I'll tell you when you get there. Can you imagine being uprooted from something that you are solidified in? God comes and tells you that I promise that I'm going to do this for you. This is what I need you to do first. I'm not going to tell you where it's going to be at, but I just need you to do it. Maybe some of us, God has told us that this promise that I'm going to give you is going to take you to uncomfortable places. It's going to make you deal with uncomfortable people. It's going to even maybe people are even going to question how real you are. But this is the thing. God gave you the promise. He didn't give them the promise. And so why whenever God gives us the promise, we listen to what he say and she say, and, 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 and I don't believe that God told you that, and then we start believing that. When God never gave them the promise, he gave you the promise. So our responsibility to that promise is believe what God told me, not what you think about the promise that he told me. Because once again, if I start believing them, then I'm making them the God over the one true God. And so for 24 years, Abraham is walking saying, look, God, you told me that this promise is coming. He didn't messed up, messed with one of his handmaidens, thought that this was it. He said, nope, Ishmael's not it. I told you I'm going to send you a promise. You just should have waited. Stop trying to help me in what you're doing because when you help God, sometimes you end up sinning and you end up moving yourself further away from him. And so for 24 years, he's waiting. All of a sudden, God comes and says, hey, look, by this time next year, you and Sarah are going to have a baby. He told him this when he was 75. Now he's 99, and all of a sudden he comes and says, okay, next year. So, God, you mean when I'm 100? Look, look, I don't even know if anything worked with me. I don't know if anything worked with Sarah. I, look, I don't know what's going on. But the thing that I love about God is it doesn't, age is not a requirement for him. God can do what he wants to do with who he wants to do it, when he wants to do it, because he's God. And so all of a sudden when he's 100 years old, Sarah gets pregnant. And all of a sudden, he has this baby, and now he gets to see a seed of this promise that he has. And so this is the thing that I love about God, and I'm about to come to a close right now. i got a lot more, but I can't give all this to you right now. And so the, the thing that I love about God is that he, he gave him a seed, showed him the seed of the promise in Abraham, but although he showed him the seed of, uh, the, seed of the promise, we have the fulfillment of it in Jesus. 
And so he gave Abraham the promise. Abraham didn't live long enough to see the promise, but we have the promise in Jesus. And so how well, how good are, look, how much can you handle if God gives you a promise only to know that I'm not going to see this promise to fulfillment? I love what Pastor Rich always says. Is he says uh, that um, um, we're trying our best to build up the next generation. That he's trying his best to do what he needs to do by this church, by God. He says, and, and this thing that always gets, because I hate thinking about this. I, hate, I even hate it when he says it. He says, look, guys, and I probably won't be around to see the fulfillment of it. Now, to me, I'm like, look, Pop, stop talking like that, first of all. But the reality is it's true. And how willing are you to understand that God gave you a promise only for you to have to wait so long for him to fulfill a portion of that promise and you not see the whole thing of it? There's a lot of promises in the Bible that God has given us that we can see to be true. And inasmuch as God makes a promise, he is obligated to fulfill it because he has bound himself to his own word. He binds himself to his own word. Now, I, I don't know what you are promised, but I can guarantee that the promise will be fulfilled as long as you have unwavering faith for that unwavering promise. God has obligated himself according to Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He's promised that, he won't, that we won't be overtaken with temptation according to 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. He's promised that his grace is enough, is sufficient for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And if his grace is sufficient enough for me, that regardless if I don't see the promise now, I know that his grace is big enough for all of us. That we all okay. We're all going to be good. We're, we're, we're not going to die. We're going to live. He's going to fulfill the promise. Why? Because, because he said he would. And I think a lot of times, sometimes we expect for God to fulfill a promise while we're here on earth. That's not always the case. I told a story the last time I believe that it was that I preached that when we were younger, my grandmother had cancer and she passed away. That God promised us that he would heal her, but she still died. And for us, we're like, God, why didn't you do what you said you would do? But when we found out whenever they did the autopsy, my grandmother was healed of cancer. And so just because we didn't see it in action or just because we don't see the evidence of the promise now, we can put our trust in the one who's going to fulfill that promise. In Romans 8:28, he promised us that all things will work together for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. God promised us eternal life in John 10, verse 27 and 28. And so what has God promised you? What is it that you are believing God for? 
What if I told you that in order for that promise to be fulfilled, that you would have to have unwavering faith? That you would have to have unwavering hope? That you can never think what if or only if? What if I've told you that maybe the reason why some of us hadn't received that promise yet is because our faith is not ready to have it? It's because our faith is not at a place. Because we don't have that Abraham kind of faith. And God, look, your promises to me, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. But I have hope and trust in you to know that you're going to fulfill what you said you would do. This is the kind of faith that we have to have. This faith that doesn't give up. This faith that believes God regardless of. This faith that regardless of what situation that we're in, God, you're still going to do it. So have you been trusting God to fulfill that promise? Have you been believing? Have you been trying to help him out? If you have, stop and surrender. Understand this, that God is not on your timetable. He sits outside of it and orchestrates everything that's in it. And so he knew what he was going to promise you before you were even born. And he knows when he's going to fulfill it because he's God and we're not. And I'm so grateful for that. And so I want to pray for you, then we're going to go back into worship. Father, I thank you so much for your promise. God, and I thank you that your promises are dependable and you always fulfill the promise that you give us. And Father, I come to you to admit that sometimes I'm just at a place where I'm like, look, I don't think it's ever going to come. And I ask you to forgive me for that. God, I ask that you would increase our faith. That you would help us to believe in you for everything. To trust and rely on you for everything. God, you swore by yourself that these promises would be fulfilled. And it's not us, it's you who is bound to your word. So Father, bless us. Restore some of the faith and the hope that we've lost. Bring us back to the joy of our salvation. Father, thank you for your unwavering promise. And we stand in anticipation and expectation of its fulfillment. So Father, we give you glory and praise. We give you honor. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Family, would you please stand up as we end out in worship? And we just want to worship God and say, God, thank you for fulfilling the promise. Look, we're going we're gonna to speak it into existence now because we believe that it's done in Jesus' name.